My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Each year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to festival custom. After they had completed its days as they were returning, the boy Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Thinking that he was in the caravan, they journeyed for a day and looked for him among their relatives and acquaintances. But not finding him, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. The Gospel of the Lord. So a couple weeks ago, I was at a Christmas party, and for one of the activities that they had, we had to each go around and share what we thought were our least favorite Christmas song. I had a hard time deciding whether it was I want a hippopotamus for Christmas or Dominic the donkey, because they're both stupid for a variety of reasons. First off, the hippo, the little girl in that song, I don't know, she's going on and on and on. She just sounds like a spoiled little brat to me. She probably has no clue what a hippopotamus wants or needs, how huge they are, how unfair this is to the poor animal. And Dominic the donkey, it just makes this Italian sound ridiculous. You know, chickadee cheek. I mean, come on. My other friend voted for the little drummer boy as his least favorite. Being the father of four kids, he was looking at it a little bit more practically as a parent, saying, yeah, the last thing that we would want for a newborn is a percussionist banging his drum and waking the baby up. He was also a little frustrated with the lyrics claiming that rump-a-pum-pum isn't a thing. But the most controversial selection came from my one friend on the song, Mary Did You Know? After doing an awful job imitating singing the song and getting every one of the lyrics wrong, another friend piled on agreeing, saying, it sounds like Mary is being interrogated by a prosecutor. Mary, did you know this? Mary, did you know that? When did you know it? Who did you know? How did you know it? As the song asked question after question, And then the buddy who initially offered this as his least favorite Christmas carol said the whole song is kind of off. 
because the big payoff to, and conclusion to the song builds to the question was, Mary, did you know that your son was God? And we kind of laughed, recognizing, saying, yeah, she did. That the whole thing when the angel visited her and asked her if she'd become the mother of God that we call the Annunciation, yeah, she kind of did know that. We were obviously being hypercritical for comedic sake, but that particular discussion came to mind looking at today's gospel for this feast of the Holy Family. Because in, in fairness to the songwriters, there is a good question there. Something like Mary and Joseph, did you know how hard it was going to be to be God's parent? Now, lyrically, it doesn't fit the song. But theologically and spiritually, I think everyone can get on board with that and really wonder and reflect on it. First off, Jesus is God, so he's never wrong, so you have that there. <laughs> then there's the reality that, yes, we know Mary was conceived without original sin. And Joseph is described as this, this righteous man, but they're, they're still human beings. And if studying and reflecting on the lives of the saints tells us anything, that doesn't make them perfect. And we see that in today's gospel. We hear this, this story of Jesus getting lost in the temple. Now, Jesus is 12 years old at this point. This had been an annual event of them going to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. It had been this long trip with probably a lot of people, family, friends, acquaintances, all going together. And what happens, not to cast blame, but Joseph and Mary took their eyes off of Jesus. Maybe they just got distracted. Maybe Mary and Joseph were having a couple squabble. What is it with your relatives? Next year, we're not traveling to Jerusalem with that cousin of yours. Maybe in all the, the confusion, they were preoccupied with trivial things. Did we pack everything? We're going to be doing a lot of walking. Are you sure you don't want to get a new pair of sandals before we make that trip home? I'm trying to imagine Mary and Joseph as my parents, so I have these similar questions being raised by Ma and Pa Churn in my mind. Because it's, it's hard for us to imagine that J Joseph and Mary might have, have fixated on some, such minor details, such ordinary, everyday matters, and lose sight of the Savior, lose sight of God's Son and their Son, that they would ever lose sight of Jesus. Yet, that's probably something that we could all relate to the most with Mary and Joseph. We also know how easy it is for us to do the same. For example, many times we talk about and think about and pray about that desire to be more peaceful and joyful people. Yet, when we're confronted by the reality that maybe Jesus is calling us to change our lives a bit, let go of a, a sinful habit, that maybe Jesus is probing our heart to forgive a relative or someone, we might lose sight of Jesus. Or we might recognize that desire within ourselves to know God's love in a, a real, personal, intimate way. Yet somehow the, the busyness of life, the obligations and the responsibilities that we have somehow eclipses that desire. And then all of a sudden, not with any thinking that we've made a conscious decision to do so, we in, in a sense lose sight of Jesus, even just for a moment. Mary and Joseph, the, the first two who lost sight of Jesus, remind us of the most important takeaway from that reflection, though. And that's that Jesus can always be found. 
when they realized what has happened, Mary and Joseph did know what they needed to do. They dropped everything they had. They leave behind the crowd that they're traveling with, including people that they loved, and they turn and go look for him. They go search for Jesus. For them, unlike us, it's a time of, of great fear and panic and anxiety as they spend three days looking, heartsick as they wonder, will he ever be found? And when they finally come upon him and find him sitting in the temple amidst the teachers as they're discussing Jesus's and our Heavenly Father, again, we can appreciate the, the relatability of Mary and Joseph. The temple wasn't obviously the first place they'd imagine they'd find him since it took them three days to get there. And upon discovering him, they let Jesus know how upset they were. Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. I've always taken comfort in that verse. Mary, did you know this was God? Yes, we know that she did. And that's what makes that question so much more profound. Mary gets to ask God, why have you done this to us? Even though in her heart she knows it's not really Jesus' fault. She just lets her humanness, she lets all her feelings get voiced in a way that so many of us can probably relate to. Because who hasn't asked God, why have you done this to us? At times when maybe it's not really his fault, but our hearts don't know where else to direct our pain. When a loved one has died, someone's diagnosed with an illness, or in countless other situations where we're faced with trials and stresses and doubts and fears. The boy Jesus speaks honest words, telling them who he is and what's most important and most essential for him. I must be in my father's house. The boy Jesus is coming to this, this greater awareness of who he is as both God and man as he would be coming to that age in Judaism where he's considered a man. So now he's returning to Nazareth with his parents, Joseph and Mary, and he doesn't, in a sense, leave his father's house. Jesus understands this, this union between God the Father and Son will never be broken. But now with going back with Joseph and Mary, Jesus' earthly family, it becomes a, a holy family in an even deeper way than it was before these challenging days that Mary and Joseph experienced. They're included in the Father's house in a new and deeper way than before as they have God and Son, Jesus, return back to Nazareth and humbling himself as he remains obedient to them. For you and I, this feast asks us to consider where is Jesus in our lives and in our families? Maybe he's been relegated to a minor place or someone that we forget about in the ins and outs, daily stresses and responsibilities and confusions of life. Maybe we've lost sight of him. If we have, Joseph and Mary offers us their life witness and their testimony that the only way we'll really achieve the peace and the fulfillment and the love that we long for is if we drop everything, even leave the crowds that we're traveling with and go search for him. Mary and Joseph did know who Jesus was, their most precious son, born miraculously 
of circumstances that they could never have ever forgotten. And they teach us that if our desire is to be included in the Father's house, now and for all eternity, that's only achievable if we never lose sight of Jesus.